This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm so glad you guys are here. Today is Tuesday, the 21st of December. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I hope that you're not too stressed out right now and you're getting some time with your kids. Today, I am so blessed to have my friend Sam Sandin in the studio with me today. Sam is a native of Sweden, and we've had a lot of conversations about what's happening in the United States politically. I think you guys are going to love this conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So a couple of things, you guys, thank you to everybody who continues to send cards and letters to us here at the Homeschool Resource Center. I know I've told you guys this before, but this is my most favorite time of the year. Uh, I love to see the pictures of your families. And uh, boy, some of you guys have some seriously, like I, I saw one card come in with 15 kids. My hat was off to that mama. I was like, wow, I'm hearing from a whole bunch of brand new homeschoolers and your pictures and letters are being put on the wall here at the Homeschool Resource Center. So keep them coming. You guys can send those to me, uh, Heidi St. John at Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. I hope you guys are having a really wonderful holiday season with your children. And if you're studying Advent with me over at MomStrong International, we're coming up obviously on Christmas. It's not too late for you guys to download that study. There's a wonderful, uh, there's a wonderful opportunity in there for you just to sit down with your children and help them understand why why Jesus really is the reason for the season. So the world is doing a good job of trying to cancel Jesus, but that's not happening here at the Homeschool Resource Center. And so we appreciate uh, we appreciate you guys very much. All right, without further ado, I am thrilled today to have someone in studio with me who I really love and respect. Sam Sandin is here today. Sam and Charnessa. Now, Charnessa and I have been friends for a long time because they're kind of homeschool royalty. Her mom's sort of homeschool royalty. I met them a long time ago, uh, Barb, Shelton, and... Uh, We've been reacquainted recently because I called Sharnessa when I was thinking about running for Congress because you guys are movers and shakers up in Cowlitz County. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So it's fun to have you uh, in the studio because uh, I know uh, Sharnessa has been here kind of watching. She brought some kids and they watched me record for, uh, I think, a full day of recording not too mm-hmm. long ago. So it's yep. fun to have you here and kind of going over what you see happening in the culture. But what I love to do first is just introduce uh, listeners to you and kind of tell your story. Because obviously, uh, you're not from here. We're just saying you have the most romantic story of meeting your wife (laughs) and the whole London thing. And I was like, all right, kind of puts my Portland story to shame. But uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got here. Yeah, so I grew up in Sweden um, and born and raised in a small town. You guys get snow there at Christmas time? Yeah, it's kind of one of those like 50-50. We get snow before Christmas and after, and if we're lucky, it stays over Christmas. Oh, wow, beautiful. We're like 10%. 
<laughs> yeah, it snows when for it a week happens, here. When it happens, we're like, wow, look, that's amazing. Yeah, we usually have like three months out of snow in the year, but oh, it kind of wow. comes and goes a bit. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so I grew up there and um, um, loved it. Small town. Uh, went to high school in a little bit bigger town. And, and then after, while well, in high school, I really started tracking with the Lord mm-hmm. and um, got involved in the Christian club. And that really helped transform my walk with the Lord from going to church to being truly part of the church mm. and living it out. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was looking for places to go to Bible school, wanted to do something different. And um, so I looked at going to some schools in the States and then um, ended up uh, visiting a, a church in London that I fell in love with. And um, so I did a year in the military. We had national service back in the day. Okay. Don't do that anymore. They stopped that 2010. But we're kind of realizing now that uh, they dropped the ball. So they're kind yeah. of scrambling now with the the bear in the east as we see Russia are yes. starting to wake up. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, very concerning. Uh, Sweden is really behind the curve in uh, in getting the military back up and running. So they got that, rid so. of the national military? Yeah. So 2010, they said, you know, there's no threat anymore. And, and it was really about a 10 year process leading up to that where they felt like, well, we, we rely on technology more than people. So we'll be good. But oh, wow. even this last um, six months, I think two, two um, military units have been re and stated that have wow. been gone for about 15, 20 years. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a year, loved it, but um, got a different plans. You know, my heart was to go to Bible school. So went to London and uh, uh, was quite a shock to be in a city of 8 million people yeah. versus the 5,000 I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fell in love and it was just a nice experience just seeing such a variety of people. You know, London being a... A melting pot, really. Right. The the hub of the colonial Mm -hmm. area. And Mm -hmm. still, um, the church we attended was, we had um, um, 120 different nationalities in the church. Oh my goodness. What church was that? Uh, Kinston Temple. It's an Elim Foursquare church Mm -hmm. there. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, loved it. And so I went to the Bible school that was part of the church. And my wife went to the creative arts part. Mm -hmm. And so I had a year uh, to grow up, I like to say, before we met. She came a year later. uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just really had a great time get to know each other and um and ended and up she's from washington she's from washington yes, yeah yeah that's so, how i know you're a beautiful wife yeah yeah and uh you know proposed to tower bridge nice see that's where my that's where my story just sort of doesn't really hold a candle <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that's kind of an amazing story so so then you guys ended up when did you relocate when did you come back to the states we ended up moving here right before 9 11 so oh, wow. um my wife was in a band i was helping doing the road managing and mm-hmm. so we would travel about half the time of the year in the US mm-hmm. and half in mm-hmm. Europe and mm-hmm. um, but just before 9/11 we relocated to Nashville um, mm-hmm. thought that God had opened the doors and within a month we realized they were mm-hmm. open to come here but mm-hmm. not to stay in Nashville so we kind of mm-hmm. came back to uh, to Longview and my initial thought was, you know, what can God do in a little Longview? Mm. And, you know, I thought Seattle or Portland, maybe. Um, Aren't you glad you don't live in Seattle? <laughs> I am very much so. Um, but God really used that time to to show me that um, he's not dependent on circumstances. Wow. He can grow me and use me, mm-hmm. um, whether that's in, in a, a multi-million Mm-hmm. population city or in a small town and mm-hmm. we fell in love with that place and uh, developed some deep roots and mm-hmm. um, just love it so yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful area this is a beautiful area it is and, uh, it's worth fighting for you know people say to me all the time you know why don't you just leave like there's you know the mask mandates and the ridiculousness coming down from yep. olympia and we see so much sadness in yep. this area now because of the uh, government overreach mm-hmm. but i 
I think it's worth fighting for and it worth is. investing in. Yep. And uh, I think, where was I? I think I was in uh, Chattanooga some months ago. I was just there this last weekend, but a few months ago, I was also speaking for an event there. And I said, listen, I know, I heard, I hear you people, you know, saying, man, I hope the West, the, the left coast just falls off into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, there's some good people here, you know, yep. and, uh, and we're fighting for, uh, for liberty and for freedom. Yep. And you grew up obviously uh, seeing a, a, a different style of governance. Yep. Uh, what is the political structure in Sweden uh, as you grew up? And I don't know how much it's, I don't study what's happened yeah. up there. So I don't know what the changes are, but. It's pretty much, uh, well, we have, we just have one house. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main difference between, and we have a king, but it's more of a figurehead. So we have mm-hmm. a prime minister. Kind of like in in, uh, in, in England. In England, yeah, yeah same thing. Mm-hmm. But not as uh, as famous as mm-hmm. the English Yeah, queen, they really right? are famous. I'll yeah, tell and you it's a what. big deal. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I think the big issue there is um, it's a lot of, uh, there's not one big party or two big parties like it is here. We have a two-party system in the U.S. In Sweden, any party that gets more than 4% in the general election uh, will have a, a seat in the House. Okay. So we have about six or seven parties. I haven't kept up to date really as much. But mm-hmm. so you have to form a coalition. I think the biggest party, it kind of vacillates between 30 to 40 percent, mm-hmm. but so not one party can get the majority. Mm-hmm. So you're forced to do coalitions, and usually you have a left coalition or a right. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the numbers, you can have a party that has four percent that have a very disproportionate impact on the nation's mm-hmm. policies because mm-hmm. um, they're the ones that brings you know, tips the scales. Right. So it can be very frustrating. So no and, electoral college. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so it can be very frustrating when you work really hard and you're, you're faithful to your party for whatever reason mm-hmm. or, or you feel like this is who represents you. Uh, mm-hmm. But very few people can can tip that scale, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, at the same way, if if that party decides to change sides or decide to I don't want to work with this anymore, then you can have what happened just um, just a few weeks ago where um, we had a new um, prime minister, a woman be elected. And uh, and basically, the the previous prime minister decided to step down in the middle of the election cycle. So it was an election, and um, so uh, his um, replacement was a woman. Mm. Uh, but because of currently the the right has more seats, there's there's a, some complicated issues. But there's mm-hmm. a party that's mm-hmm. kind of. Um, no one wants to work with mm-hmm. on one side. So, but the right presented a budget, and the left had theirs. But the right with the third or this other party had the mm-hmm. majority. So, um, so the left party used to call the left party the communist. They dropped the K uh, about ah, twenty years ago. So now smart. they're just the left party, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, I think I think it was them or the uh, um, the Green Party. It's mm-hmm. it's confusing. It's the same thing, though. Right, pretty really? much. I mean, yeah. when we peel back the layers, it's the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. what happened was that the uh, the right coalition passed their budget, and because they had the majority at this point of time of mm-hmm. the votes, um, you would have a left government having to govern on a right oh. coalition budget. So this party decided, we're done. So the prime minister lasted uh, about seven hours. What? And then the government fell apart because the party that they were relying on, whether it was the Green or the left, mm-hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. the Green actually, uh, they decided to, we're not going along with that. So they had to start over trying to form a new government. So, yeah. um, wow. so it's kind of a bit of a chaos. Um, wow. Is it like a, it's like a representative government still though? Yes. Like it, it's, it's, um, what do you call it? A constitutional monarchy? 
I mean, that's what I had heard. So, so it's like a figurehead, but you still are voting. Yes, correct. Are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you vote for you vote for a, the party, and then um, so it's not like a person per se. You have mm-hmm. different lists where you have ranked from one to twenty. So it's a ranked choice, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. ultimately, um, the the party themselves would more or less decides who would represent you. So this is a that. similar thing that I see happening in. Uh, in England, where they have to also form a government, right? Right. I mean, I watch The Crown, okay? So I understand politics <laughs> over there very, very well. <laughs> but I thought it was so interesting when you hear, over here, You know, no one ever uses that terminology. No one ever says, we're going to form a government. Yep. Uh, because we we function under the rule of law, under the Constitution, and, and the rules are very specific, except for we're violating our own rules now. Right. Uh, and this is happening over and over again. And it sounds to me like in Sweden, you guys are dealing with very similar issues that we're dealing with here in the United States was this encroachment really of socialism and communism. And it comes under like AOC and her green new deal and all the things. But if you peel back the layers of the onion, the root is the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's interesting how that works. And I think, um, in Sweden too, we like to think that we have more influence than we actually do. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you have a strong movement towards the, you know, climate issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we fail to take into account is that, you know, Sweden could stop burning any fuel tomorrow and it would make no difference right. in, in the atmosphere in the world. So right. um, <laughs> right. so it's... So it's, we're virtue signaling. Right, a lot of virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, it's... Uh, I think the, the big issue is... Because you hear the, the connotations between, well, just look at Sweden and how what a model country is of socialism. Yes. But what, what people don't realize is that it's it's a very modified way of socialism and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very f- strong entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, um, it comes with hundreds of years of, of culture. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things. So you have, it's a very homogenous country. Um, you know, we've had about um, recently a lot of immigrants come in and things like that mm-hmm. that is when you have a, a country the size of you know washington and oregon with the population of washington yeah. um it's a lot easier to do things compared to comparing that to sweden right um you have um an attitude of of work ethic that's been around since luther mm-hmm. you know when when sweden come protestants in the 1500s you know, one of Luther's things was, you know, idle hands is the devil's play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a very He's not wrong, right? <laughs> so there's a there's a strong worth ethic, uh-huh. and and um, and so you try to then take what seems like it's working in Sweden, and then bring that across to 330 million. Uh, it just doesn't work, mm-hmm. and um, and you might spout like free healthcare and all those things, which is true with a modification you have until you're 18 at least, and you can go to any college that you have the grades to mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, what people forget to to pay attention to is that uh, you then are tax up the hilt. Yes. Yeah. Um, the sales tax uh, for food, for example, is 20%. Whoa. Yeah, that's bottom line. That's oh, everything you buy in the grocery store. Okay. Um, wow. So it's it's built in the sticker price, so you don't think of it as a Swede, but right. it's a big shock that. And mm-hmm. then the minimum income tax bracket is 31%. Oh my god. So you can say that you know out of the gate you pay 51% yeah, in taxes. In, in taxes. Mm-hmm. And um, in America too, 
from what I understand, there's a huge number of people because of deduction and different things mm-hmm. pay virtually no or very little tax. Mm-hmm. And the standard deduction in Sweden when I grew up was $800. Wow. So if you made it more than $800, you paid the 31% and everything on top of that. So wow. so this is the disconnect. So yeah. you have the, the popularity of socialistic yeah. ideology. Look, it's free healthcare. Look, it's free right. college. Yeah, but right. nothing's free. Nothing is free. Yeah. And uh, and it would be a big shock, I think, for people who, who think that let's just make everything free and then someone's going to pay for it. Well, mm-hmm. You pay for it, but it's 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 a it's quite it's 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 comparing apples and oranges. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, Sweden has more incentive for uh, business mm-hmm. than America does. Interesting, which is not true of a typical socialistic government. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. just kind of a different way of looking at yeah. things. And you've been in this country now for quite a while. And I'm curious, as you're watching what's happening now, I mean, we're seeing this. I mean, the train is speeding up, I feel like. If yeah. if the United States is on a train and that train is moving us toward uh, Marxism, which ultimately the, the goal of Marxism, obviously a worldview that always ends up in communism. Yeah. Uh, are you noticing a shift? Have you seen a shift since you moved here? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think it's, it's again, people don't realize that history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the 80s and at that point, you know, we would have 81, we had a Russian sub surface in one of our um, coastal areas. That's because, terrifying. Yeah, navigated wrong, you know. So sure supposedly he did. He navigated yeah, wrong. But, Oops, but we were easy. I'm in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, odd. <laughs> yeah, and that was the closest we'd be into World War III in Sweden, I think. Wow. But, um, but the thing here is what people don't realize is growing up in the Cold War in Europe, mm-hmm. you had Russia on one side, you had you know the West on the other side, mm-hmm. um, and to see what took place in 1989 when East Germany decided mm-hmm. to we want freedom, we don't under want communism Reagan. Yeah, under Reagan, it. yeah, mm-hmm. being a firm leader, taking a stand against Gorbachev, mm-hmm. and and then see the difference just a few years mm-hmm. made from. It was literally across the street many times in Germany, right? Or you had the Berlin Wall, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I was in Berlin in 91, two years after um, the fall of the, the wall. And it was night and day. The mm-hmm. grayness that was there, they were building and redoing. And, and as mm-hmm. as the whole country was shifting from a communist government to um, to a Western style, it, it mm-hmm. was such a different change mm-hmm. that you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. And from having lived in a culture where... Uh, and we see this today here in America, right, where you were expected to rat out your neighbor. Right. The the records of the, the German secret police during the Cold War, how neighbor turned her neighbor. Yeah. And, and anything you did was reported. And I remember hearing stories. If you wanted to get a car, your parents would have to sign you up to get on the list when you were born. And you were lucky if you had one when you were 20. Wow. So they, these were the things that communism brings because it does not work. Yeah. And just trying to do it differently, guess what? It's still not going to mm-hmm. work. What's mm-hmm. the definition of being in, of, insanity. of insanity, right? Yeah, doing doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Exactly. Yeah. So I think what we see today is this, this utopia mm-hmm. of what socialism is supposed to be. But then you have the proponents of that utilizing and loving the free market system where mm-hmm. AOC is wearing $30,000 dresses right. 
on the news everywhere. If yeah. and the and the fact that the people who support her can't can't see the hypocrisy in right. that the disconnect. The blindness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I was watching her uh, talking the other day, and I thought, oh my word, how did she get to where she yeah. is? Like just the cognitive dissonance and everything she's saying, and it's like people aren't really listening because yep. we have an idea in our head of what we think it should be. Yeah. And people who have lived it are like, no, it's never going to be that way. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Yeah. So you have, so you're watching what's happening here in the United States. And clearly, I mean, we're in trouble now. Yeah. And so you guys decided you've been involved in your community for a long time, you know, and uh, very involved up in Cowlitz County and in the city of Longview. And yep. uh, and I've watched kind of from afar and, and been friends with you guys for a little while. But why did you decide? Because you've been involved in some in the governor's race. Yep. Certainly trying to help with that. What do you say to the people who are like, it doesn't make any difference? doesn't make any difference it's gonna it's gonna go the way it's gonna go and uh, there's nothing we can do people are discouraged yeah i think it ties back to what you said about let's just leave the state right Mm -hmm. it's always easier to do nothing Mm -hmm. it's always easier to try to push it away and say it's not going to make a difference changing the world is always hard Mm -hmm. until there's enough of a groundswell enough people are willing to fight Mm -hmm. and then it's going to be easy to be a late adopter right Mm -hmm. and but someone's going to have to stand up for that and Mm -hmm. throughout history in the history of America is a people that are willing to work hard yes. and to pave the way. You know, the fact we're here on the West Coast is because pioneers are willing to sit in a, in in a, a wagon for, or canoe yeah. or a or wagon yeah. train for three months to get out here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we take that for granted now that someone mm-hmm. paid the price yeah. and so many else are reaping the benefit. And mm-hmm. I think that when you grow up in something, it's easy to forget how privileged you are. Yeah. And I think America has been it's been it's been a battle all along but it's brought forth such a freedom mm-hmm. and and such prosperity because of the freedom mm-hmm. and and the ability of of saying if if you try hard you can change your fortune right mm-hmm. and together with the the freedom that comes from knowing the lord and in the biblical principles the the virtues and the morality that we have and that we were built upon um, that's what we reap the benefit of today. But it's so easy when you did not have to pay the price for that. Mm-hmm. When when it was your, your parents or your forefathers that paid the price, mm-hmm. it is easy to take what you got for nothing and not value that. That's right. And and coming from the outside and as a Swede, learning more and more about the government and, mm-hmm. and the heritage and the way of the American spirit mm-hmm. um, has been so inspiring for me and and when and we've been involved um to to an extent in the in the political process we've mm-hmm. worked with a nonprofit for a number of years uh, lobbying um the dc in regards to um foreign aid and things like that mm-hmm. um but really took it to another level was the governor's race last year mm-hmm. um, because we saw a governor here in washington that took liberties and Mm-hmm. just took him away right yep. he took his liberties in stealing our liberties yep. right yep. and we realized it's it's not enough to just 
give a few dollars here or there. It's mm-hmm. not enough to have a sign in my yard. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to stick up and be a mouthpiece on the ground. And mm-hmm. we said, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. So we got involved in governance race. We were involved in events. We hosted events. We um, recruited friends to help. You know, we did sign wavings and things like that. And I think it's easy sometimes to think that someone else is going to do it. Yep. And, or even the party, if you want to say it that way. But change happens when individuals say, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to use the influence I have and what God has given me and the connections I have mm-hmm. to use that for good. Mm-hmm. Um, because for so long, we've fallen into this this false mindset that A, someone else is going to do it, or the world is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Things mm-hmm. are going to go to yeah, hell in a handbag, right? Yeah, yeah. And and we sit back and watch it burn. But mm-hmm. that's not what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we do, it's like, oh, it's not my problem. But I have kids. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing now is just as much for my sake as for their sake as mm-hmm. one day for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe the ideals and the values we have that are founded in the Constitution, which Mm -hmm. is unique in the world. So amazing. And again, another thing we take for granted, or we want to reinterpret because we don't like things. Right, right. Right? Yeah. But it's a a document that acknowledges the freedoms we have from the Lord, uh, from Jesus and and what what God has done in our lives. And to sit back and then expect someone else to Mm -hmm. fight, Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Even looking at the history of the American Revolution, right? You had a a third that were fighters. You have a third that was sitting out waiting who's going to win, yeah. and a third was supporting the British. Yeah. And I feel that we're kind of in the same situation today. There's people who, who are willing to fight. Mm-hmm. There's a number who are sitting on the sidelines waiting mm-hmm. w- which way it's going to go, and we have some that are are, are bent on forcing their opinions and yeah. ideas and values yeah. on others. Yeah. And and I can't let that happen. Yeah. And um, and I want to use what influence I have mm-hmm. to, to make a difference. How important do you think, I mean, you guys are homeschooling family. Mm-hmm. How important do you think it is that we teach our children the history of this nation and the history of other nations, that they understand uh, Mao Zedong and they understand yep. uh, Joseph Stalin and we're talking to them about uh, Karl Marx and Marxism and what it is so that they can compare and contrast. How important. I had I, I talked to a, a dad recently who said that they had never, they just had figured it wasn't important to teach their children history and I almost fainted. Yeah, uh, it, it matters, yeah? It does. And it matters greatly. We're not born in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to think that Life starts when I'm born, mm-hmm. but there's a pattern that and, and a history that is good or bad. You know, mm-hmm. if it's good, let's cherish it. Let's fight for it. If it's bad, let's turn. Let's mm-hmm. change. Let's mm-hmm. learn from the lessons we've seen throughout history. But to think that the world starts with me, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that people think that. But, but they do. But we do, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't think that in ourselves, but that's right. what we do. We think we're, yeah. we're entering the world as a clean slate, but there's yeah. a heritage that we're drawing from. Mm-hmm. And for me, I want my kids and my grandkids to learn from the lessons that I've learned from others. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's that generational mindset mm-hmm. that is it's so often skipped. Because even in the school system today, you know, you're in a setting where you spend most of your time with people that are the same age. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe there's different social classes and things like that. But nowhere else... In society, are you in this um, this bubble mm-hmm. where you're just 
around people that are the same age. Yeah. And where someone is telling you what's important. And what I love about homeschooling is that, A, we have the time mm-hmm. to spend learning from history and mm-hmm. seeing the places. And there's so much history in America, even though we're a young country. Mm-hmm. But there's so much you can learn and see and and, and take in and make into uh, a living school day, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A, a hands-on. Um, but also as a parent, I can sift through what I feel is more important than other things. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Growing up in Sweden, our school system was slightly different. In high school, uh, we had a number of different tracks. So if you wanted to be an engineer, you went to more a college prep. Oh, if that's you want interesting. To, yeah. And if you wanted to be a nurse, you went to a, a school that focused more on nursing. If you wanted to be a you know a truck driver or drive a, mm-hmm. uh, a front loader, it was a school specifically towards that. And you would mm-hmm. actually spend, in some of the more practical areas, um, your whole senior year really? uh, okay. being uh, an intern for a company, for example. Mm-hmm. So even at that point, you try to tailor it. And there's a lot of other issues with the schools there. Mm-hmm. But but I think here, you, the school system is so general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see such a drastic drop-off of students um, being bored. Mm-hmm. And being crammed this generic um, education that doesn't relate to what they want to do in life yep. or the bent they have, mm-hmm. or it's just flat out boring because people are just trying to fill a quota, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I love with our boys is that, uh, and they both have a passion for history, which I love. I, I love learning about World War II growing up mm-hmm. in uh, in Sweden. and um, But you can tailor that. So if, if there's a season where we can study the uh, American Revolution, why it happened, mm-hmm. not just that it happened, which so often is that we study the facts as opposed to understanding the context. Yeah, what brought and it why. about, what precipitated World exactly. War II. That'd be nice to understand. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so I, I love that because we need to see that life is a more of a continuation, right? Mm-hmm. That we, we are born into this place and it's up to us to keep working for good mm-hmm. or or take our hands off or live for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as believers, we have the responsibility to mm-hmm. speak into our lives mm-hmm. and not just hand that off. Mm-hmm. And um, and we see that even in the church, it's easy for a parent to say, okay, here's here's my kid. Yeah. You give it to see the youth later. pastor and you trust the youth pastor to take yeah. care of the spiritual formation. The youth pastors are great. I was one for nine years. I love that. But I'm there to help and come alongside the parents. To facilitate. Exactly. Yeah. And that partnership. So, yeah. yeah. Um, How important, one of the things that I have so admired about you guys and your willingness to jump in is that you you jump in with your kids also. Yeah. And so they're not bystanders. They're going with you guys to meetings. They're involved in what you're doing. Yep. And you've brought them, it seems to me, as an outsider, you've really done a purposeful job of bringing them into it. And people say to me all the time, well, I don't know if my kids will understand politics. or t-. But but it's, but it's they have quite a capacity. I mean, your kids are obviously uh, almost grown now. But I have a feeling this has been a pattern in your family. Yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning, you know, we were when they were young, we were youth pastors and you know, you have that choice. Do you keep the kids at home or do yeah. you bring them along for church stuff? Yeah. So uh, I think Chase went on a, his first mission trip when he was eight. Mm-hmm. Does he understand everything? No. But you get the feel, the spirit of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of what we've been doing. That was part of life. And then when we got more involved in politics and that was kind of natural to mm-hmm. have them involved. Whether We were writing petitions about a certain bill that we were for or against. We explained what it's about and they helped and they have been manning tables. They have, mm-hmm. you know, um, they recently wrote letters to our representatives mm-hmm. here in, in, in our state and just saying that we appreciate the ones we have in our district. They're mm-hmm. great. And uh, in 
have them understand what's going on because I think there's nothing like seeing it happen mm-hmm. and and being on that place as opposed to this is what dad does and this is what mom does and mm-hmm. and you're doing your own thing mm-hmm. and and not only that we get to spend time together yeah so we are doing these things together it's a family thing mm-hmm. and are there times that they're more excited about joining us than others mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but that's family life right yeah it is because if you only do the things that we really 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 want to do mm-hmm. um that's not very often that happens in life. We mm-hmm. we have the things that we're passionate about that we do, but there's also things we just do to learn and grow and, and uh, being part of the process. But we yeah. love having them around and being with us. Yeah. So. Well, and it sets an example, I think. What you're saying a minute ago is so true. You know, Jay was a pastor for 20 years. We've spent a lot of time in, in church work. And in many respects, I feel like all of those years of ministry have prepared us yeah. For this, yeah. although nothing can really prepare you, <laughs> I think in in a lot of ways it's prepared us for this. Yeah, because we see a lot of the same things, uh, the lack of unity. We see yeah. so much division right now within uh, the political parties, even inside of the Republican Party. Yeah. Like, and I have I am grieving over what I am learning. Yeah, uh, even as a congressional candidate, because I'm watching the division and the 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 infighting, and I'm thinking to myself, this is like a Baptist potluck. Like, you guys are never going to get any. <laughs> Thing done because you're you're arguing over the things that don't matter, right. and we're not we're and we're unable to see the things that are really important. Yes. And so, what part of what you guys are doing, I think, is setting the example in and uh, and just telling people to show up. I've watched you at a couple of meetings up in Cowlitz County and have been very uh, encouraged by your shepherding of the people that are there to say, Thank hey, you. we've got to work together. So yeah. can we bring it back? Can we talk about what's really important? Otherwise, the force is really, I believe, is the spirit of the age, right? Yeah. This division, we know that this is what the Bible says. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. Yes. And if if we are a divided people, we're much easily, uh, we're more easily conquered. And I know this is something you guys are, you're probably observing right along with me. Yeah. Uh, as we're as we're in this congressional race now, because it's, it's serious what's yes, going it is. on. I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with my friend, Sam Sandin, and uh, we're going to come back tomorrow and pick it up again. As always, I want to just encourage you. Our country is worth fighting for. It's worth defending, and we need everybody. And tomorrow we're going to come back and talk about why it's so important that we engage and why it is so important that we understand where we came from, uh, the history of this great nation, so that we can navigate where we're going. Thanks for listening to everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.